0: let's dive right in welcome back to the spirit-filled real talk podcast we're gonna talk about faith today yes we are I really find this interesting. I've been working with a lot of high-powered, multi-passionate, powerhouse, world-changing women. No big deal. And one thing that I find in common is that all of these women, myself included, have such a way of looking for why something might not be working. We try to come up with All of the reasons, well, it's because I'm not taking enough action or it's because I haven't healed in this area or it's because I need more knowledge or information or it's because I don't have this connection or it's because I need more resources or if I just had more finances, then I'd be able to hire a team. And then if I was able to do this and had more for this and then we just make up all of the reasons (laughs) and rationalize and start using logic to problem solve. But what this turns into, if you go deeply, the motive behind that is actually fear. I'm afraid it's not going to work. I'm afraid this means that I'm failing. I'm afraid that if this isn't successful, then that's going to mean this, right? And if you check and see the motive, if it's coming from fear, anything with a fear root does not produce good fruit. Okay, so I shared it the other day that your doubt costs you something. Your doubt costs you something and your faith has a reward. Your faith has a reward. So I know for myself personally, I lived many high achieving, seemingly productive years in doubt, (laughs) in fear and unbelief and complete lack of faith, right? Like I was solely relying on my own strength and understanding to just figure things out. Like it was entirely up to me. And this is operating as an orphan in the world, right? This is operating with an orphan spirit versus the spirit of adoption, right? If you are a son of daughter of God, you operate very different than if you're an orphan. When you are an orphan, you do have this identity of it's entirely up to you. You're on on your own. You can't trust anybody. And that is not a fun way to live. You have a lot of anxiety about the future, (laughs) (laughs) and you live at a very different pace, right? Fear moves at a very different pace than faith does, okay? And all of that doubt, all of that unbelief never produced the results that I wanted. It produced the exact opposite, okay? Or it definitely made the journey way more stressful, way more overwhelming, and I had so much more to carry, right? So your faith actually has a reward In Hebrews 11 it talks about specifically Hebrews 11 1 through 6 it talks about without faith it is impossible to please God it's impossible to please God check that out impossible (laughs) to please God and a lot of times it's not a resource thing it's not a knowledge thing It's not a skills thing. It's not a degree thing. It's not a qualification thing. It's not a connection thing. It's not even a human thing. It is a faith thing. It is a faith thing. And it's so easy to miss this part because it's not something that we can see. It's not something that we feel like we can control, right? This is... In the supernatural realm, right? We can definitely feel faith, but we can't necessarily see faith. You can see faith at times role modeled under the influence of somebody else, right? You can see how people show up in times where you might choose fear and they chose faith and you can see what it looks like. So it's so powerful to model the way and to really practice this in your daily life because other people can see it, right? But faith often is the thing that is missing. So we go looking for things that are tangible, things that we could Fix things that we can figure out, things that we can control. If I just work harder, if I just hustle more, if I just take more action, if I just schmooze this person, if I just, you know, make more offers, if I just show up in this way, if I just keep doing X, Y, or Z, right? We like to make it something like that and keep ourselves super busy, but what we're doing is we're running from and denying the truth that it's a faith thing. And without faith, It is impossible to please God. So just for right now, think about, reflect on your own life, meditate on it, mull it over. Where in your life are you operating under the influence of things like this? Fear, unbelief, doubt, anxiety, right? Fear has many different levels, okay? (laughs) But they look like these things that I'm describing. Versus faith has a knowing, has a confidence, has a boldness, has a security, has a firmness to it, right? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, right? There, there's a steadiness to it. There's a stability to it that fear definitely does not have. fear, there's wavering. You're easily moved and swayed, right? There's a tendency to worry. There's a tendency to think through all the worst case scenarios. Faith runs to truth. Faith firms itself in the truth, steadies itself in truth, declares truth, steps out in truth, stands firm on the foundation of truth, right? So an interesting thing is to just take a look at your own life where... Are you assigning an excuse when in hearing this, you're actually getting the revelation that it's a faith thing? You know what? It's not a resource thing. It's not a try harder thing. It's not a figure it out thing. It's not a lean on my own understanding thing. It's not even a connection thing. This is a faith thing, okay? So just get that area of your life in mind, right? We all have different areas. It could be relationships for some. A lot of times when you're an entrepreneur, It's it's easy to try to play God (laughs) and take everything into your control. This could be in a management position. This could be as a parent. This could be in any sort of relationship. But just assess, where might you be thinking that it is something else when really it's a faith thing? Now, if you have that area in mind, you might be thinking, like, my mind went to, well, shoot. (laughs) If I have no faith, what am I supposed to do? Like, how do I actually develop my faith? Like, have you ever asked yourself that or really thought about it in the most simplified form? Like, how do I actually develop my faith? Okay, because in order to fortify yourself in faith, you do have to believe in God and God's good purpose for your life and also have some sort of strategy or practice to do that. So I thought what might be helpful is to give you some ways that you can do this. If you actually haven't paused and thought about how you can actively build your faith, this episode is for you. And if somebody is coming to mind that needs to hear this message, copy the link to this podcast, share it with your friend, right? That is the best way to spread the word of encouragement and uplifted upliftment that is so needed. You know, and it's so beautiful when you can just drop a word like this to somebody and be an answered prayer in that way, just hits them in the right way in the right time. And it's an answer and God works through us. So please, please, please share this podcast. If you've not done that, if you've not subscribed, make sure you do that as well. That's another way to spread the word. Okay, so how do you actually build up your faith? If it's a faith thing that I'm missing here, how do I make sure that I'm not missing it anymore, okay? So pleasing God is something that I would argue a lot of quote-unquote Christians want to do. Believers want to do. Followers of God want to do. Now, there's different levels of that too. There's the, you know, I go to church on Sunday, There's the, I read my word and that is the truth of my life. And that's the foundation I stand on. (laughs) That's where I get my wisdom, my guidance, my everything. There's, I like to just scroll social media and get a snapshot of a word to feel good. There's many levels, okay? There could be a practicing, this fully surrendered believer in everything in between, okay? But pleasing God is essential to an abundant life, building our faith then is a natural step, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the first step in starting to please God is your faith, building up your faith, right? The word also says, be it unto you according to your faith. Okay, that works for fear too. Be it unto you according to your fear. So the more we indulge in fear, in doubt, in worry, in unbelief, that's why it costs you something. You start stacking lies in your life and you start building a life that looks like what you're stacking, okay? But the same is true, and this is the good news, all right? The same is true when you start stacking faith. The same is true. God's word does not return void, okay? And we are living in a world, I don't know if you've noticed, but we are living in a world where the temptation to doubt and where the tendency to give in to unbelief and to really embrace The luxury of entertaining your fear, (laughs) I'm exaggerating here, but you get it, right? We do get to choose if we're going to entertain it or not. That is a constant, okay? Just like weeds, they are constants. They're going to grow no matter what, right? But we need to, if you are a believer, if you are a follower of Christ, we need to now more than ever learn to trust in God's goodness and have and build consistently strong faith. And your faith is going to be tested. That's how you know you have it, right? An example of this could be in many years of a waiting season or it could be, you know, in in a, a loss or in a shift that you didn't see coming, right? Like something did not, a prayer did not get answered the way you thought it would get answered. This is when our faith is tested. Is God still good? Yes. The answer is yes, right? Can I still build my faith right here? Absolutely. This is the best time when it's being challenged is the best time to develop it. Okay. So here are some practical, I believe in practical ways to build your faith, right? Because without practical application, you could know something, but you don't know what you know until you live it. And it's not true for you unless you're living it. Okay. so. Here is, I'm gonna give you a list. So if you are a note taker, I recommend at least jotting these things down. Another great thing to do, if you like little shortcuts, you can screenshot this if you're listening to this from your phone, so it'll end up in your photos and you'll remember to go back and re-listen and take notes. That's another fun little trick, but I encourage you to take notes. This isn't one of those messages You can listen to it at first in your car or when you're multitasking, but it is one to actually put some intention behind because you're building your faith after all. So number one would be to remember God's faithfulness. Remember God's faithfulness. So I actually just got off the phone with a dear friend and she was sharing about somebody very close to her in her life that she was concerned about. And not asking for advice, but I had some words of encouragement to share. And what came to mind when we were speaking with one another was an example of what I had witnessed somebody else do. And I just thought this was the most amazing idea. So rather than getting caught up in the worry or rather than entertaining all of these fears, this there was a woman that decided from... The moment she was pregnant, even actually before that, started journaling about her child. Okay, so before the her uh, child was even formed in her womb, she had started praying for this baby, and from that time all the way until her child <laughs> became an adult and got married, she had a prayer journal, and so anytime. You know, she was impressed or, or really stirred up to pray or saw that her child was being challenged. She would pray identity. She would pray the promises of God over her child. And then when her child got married later, all these years later, she gave this journal of the promises of God and God's faithfulness and how God has been faithful and showed up her child's entire life. She gave that to her child at the wedding. And I just thought, what a beautiful thing. Can you imagine if you had a parent or a family member or a dear friend, somebody that's known you nearly your entire life that kept a prayer journal for you? I mean, you can think about this as a partner, you can think about this as a spouse, right? Some people do that. They, they pray for their spouse. They pray in their spouse. And they continue to keep this journal for their spouse. But imagine that. If you could hand somebody very near and dear to you a prayer journal of years of prayer and promises that you declared over their life, things that you contended for, things that you interceded for, and the evidence with dates of how God showed up mind blowing, right? Like it's just a literal journal of how faithful God is down to dates and times, right? And when things looked impossible, God just was getting started and showed up as who he is, the God of the impossible, the God who always does the impossible, right? So that is just an example of how you can remember God's faithfulness. But our faith will naturally grow when we make a conscious effort to look for ways to trust God, okay? And this is something that if you're not good at, hello, my hand is raised too, you can pray and seek God's help, okay? So if your faith is small, Right. We even see in the word of God, Lord, help me with my unbelief. Okay, you can admit that you have it and God will help you with it. You just have to lay it in his hands, acknowledge it, and then God can work with you on it. But we can pray and seek God's help when we're faced with a need or going through a difficult time in our life. Right. And we can watch and wait for how he moves and he will move. He will move because you're trusting in him. Okay? Now, he might not always move in the way that you expect or in the timing that you expect, but he will move. And he guarantees that he is with you. And once you see God's intervention or him speaking to you in your difficulty or in your challenge, you'll have something tangible to hold on to. You'll have an example of how God cared for you and moved on your behalf. And the next time you find it difficult to trust God, you can remember how he moved on your behalf in that situation, and how he will do it again. And step by step, you'll build a strong faith that will help you continue to be a victor, not a victim, to continue to move from faith to faith and from glory to glory, right? You'll be somebody that is an overcomer, not somebody that is overcome by what is happening in life. So number one is remember God's faithfulness. Number two is similar to the example that I just shared, but start a prayer and a praise journal just for you. Start a prayer and a praise journal just for you. When we stand face to face with different spiritual obstacles and just obstacles that just feel crushing in our in our world, it causes us, if we're not careful, to forget what God has already done for us. And a simple way to keep your focus on God in those moments is to have a prayer or a praise journal to look back on and to also pour into, right? I might not see it, but I know that you're working. I might not feel it, but I know that you're working. God, I thank you that you already had a solution to this problem before I ever had a problem. And I thank you that you are fighting for me and I need only be still. I thank you, God, that you're either going to do this or something better. And I declare your perfect will over this situation in Jesus name, right? Like if you can just do that and encourage yourself in writing, something happens when you actually have to slow down and write something. It brings such focus and intention, whereas if you're just thinking and multitasking, you won't have that same kind of breakthrough. So when you use a journal to write down your prayer requests, including the dates that you're entrusting them to God and just putting it in his hands, there's an actual release that happens there. And then also when God answers your prayer, you can add those details to your journal. And this journal will contain evidence that you need to face difficult times with a deeper trust in God. Right, So when you can't trust yourself sometimes, when you can't trust other people, when you can't trust a job, when you can't trust family, when you can't trust, there is one that you can come to that you can trust who is faithful. Number three, this one is huge. Reflect on God's promises. Difficult things often arrive suddenly in our lives. We never expect them, right? As if they're just dropping out of the sky. And all you can see in those moments is a huge mountain. It blocks your progress and your vision of what lies ahead. And when we focus on the mountain, we lose faith in God. It's like the the picture that I have for this is, you know, whether it's a big bouncy ball that you like pump air into or even like an air mattress that you pump air into, if you just take out (laughs) the plug That's what it's like, right? Like it will just deflate on its own, right? You can use force too, but it will just deflate naturally on its own without even thinking about it. That's what happens with our faith a lot of the time when we're not actively building it and reflecting on God's promises. And the Bible tells of God's children overcoming obstacles with his help time and time again. And you can ask God to give you the strength to climb your mountain or make a way through to the other side. There's also word that says that we're here to speak to our mountains, to tell them to move, right? So that's a different level of faith. You're not going to speak if you don't have faith. And as God takes you by the hand and leads you to victory, your trust will soon overshadow all of the mountains that you have, but often... You need to actually see a promise like God will highlight. If you ask God, God will highlight promises for you to stand on in the season, promises for you to declare in your life. He will guide you to those. But there's a part of you that probably avoids that. But you have to make space for this to happen. Number four, trust God's plans. Trust God's plans. When we receive bad news or come face to face with a difficult circumstance, Often it shakes us to our core and fear naturally sets in. And a perfect way to build the kind of faith that does not fail is always to trust in God's plans. God has good plans. Jeremiah 29, 11, right? He knows your future and he has plans to prosper you. But life-shattering moments are sometimes a surprise to us, but they're no surprise to God. So an example is you can memorize Jeremiah twenty nine eleven and hold it in your heart. And when you face a temptation to doubt God's presence in your life, the Bible verse can be a very good reminder that you're not walking alone and that God's not done yet, right? If it's still a mess, God's not done yet. And walking with God is the best way to learn to trust him with everything. But that comes from, as you can imagine, a place of openness. There's got to be space for God to show up. You've got to start creating a relationship to start experiencing God personally in your life, just like any other relationship. Number five, pray God's promises back to him. It's like, God, you said... We used to do that so well as little kids, right? But you can do this with God too. A lot of times we act like little kids and we have temper tantrums, right? But a great way to practically increase your faith is to pray for the promises found in God's word. And some promises in the Bible are for a specific person or people. Faith, however, calls us to believe that if God did it for those people, he can do it for us. So search for a Bible verse or verses that you can pray and declare over your situation. And your faith can easily grow with each answer to a prayer that you receive, each promise he grants and each deliverance he provides. He can also test your faith when he determines it is in your best interest for you to pass through the circumstance. That's probably happened a few times, right? But praying his word back to him will show you a lot about your faith and teach you about the will of God. You know, so a lot of times we're like, I don't know what God wants me to do, or I'm super confused. You're probably not in the word. You're probably not actively speaking the promises back to God, right? And that is something practically that you can do. Okay. You can tell your mind what it's going to think and what it's going to believe. Six what I mentioned before, set aside time to listen, set aside time to listen. Our lives are full of things demanding our attention. Have you noticed? And some of these things just drain our time. And there is a remedy for these distractions. Start listening to the word of God on a daily basis. Get it in you. And if you say that I don't have time, You can't say that anymore. (laughs) There's things that you can do. You can stop watching Netflix. You can listen to the word of God in your car. You can listen to it while you're working out. There's ways that you can actually hear it all of the time. And it doesn't have to be a lot of time to have a huge impact. Okay? So instead of spending two or three hours a night watching your favorite TV programs, you can set aside some time to get the word of God in you and to hear it. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it makes a lot of sense if you're not hearing the word of God that your faith is not building, okay? If you don't water your grass, it turns bright yellow brown and dies, right? Like, (laughs) it's very relevant in the summer. Philippians 4, 8 provides a list of what we should focus on, okay? So go to that one and, and remember that taking intentional steps to listen to the teaching of God's word will bring direction Hope, clarity, and growth to your life. Number seven, ask God to increase your faith. Just like we can ask God for wisdom, which He gives liberally, we can ask Him to increase our faith. Help me with my unbelief, increase my faith, right? That's the simplest way. Just ask for help, right? God, Jesus' followers asked Him to increase their faith in Luke 17, 5. And they saw his miracles and listened to his teachings firsthand. And if they, who saw all these things, needed more faith to accomplish his will, how much more do we? So to build your faith, ask God to increase it to the measure needed to fulfill his will. And he is faithful, and his desire for us is to walk in faith. So boldly ask for a full measure of faith. Number eight, read and memorize God's word, okay? And if there's resistance here, it's probably because the enemy doesn't want you in the word because the word is a weapon, okay? So pay attention to that. There are a lot of bad things dominating our hearts and our minds, most of which will serve no purpose in hard times. In fact, they'll probably make it way worse, In comparison, the Word of God is a pillar of fire guiding us through the darkness of difficult circumstances. So reading the Bible, reading the Word of God reveals God's goodness and faithfulness. And your faith will deepen when you learn about the God you serve. Memorizing Bible verses will help you when faced with trials. You'll come out on the other side of your trial in victory. You won't be victorious because of your strength, but because you trusted in God. And each time you overcome with help from the word of God directly, your trust will be stronger. Right? So it doesn't necessarily get easier to believe, right? But we get stronger in our trust and in our surrender which makes it look way more graceful, and we experience that too. Number nine, surrender your trust to God. Whew. Let me tell you, the sin of self-reliance is a prime example of lack, lacking trust in God. Ask me how I know. <laughs> if you are not trusting God, then your faith is based on something else. Having faith in other things restricts the power of God in your life. And that is a very sobering thought, a very sobering reality, right? If I want the power of God in my life, that means I have to release the reins. Yikes! That's very, very scary. Terrifying even for somebody that is self-reliant. Eventually, though, you are disappointed time and time again because of human limitations when you keep resisting, okay? So note the areas of your life in which you've not surrendered into God's hands and then ask him to take control. Whew! It'll be some of the most interesting times for you. <laughs> but when you trust your life to God's plans and God's ways, you start seeing God in them. And this will grow your faith because you'll learn that his ways are far better than anything you could have ever imagined. You'll start to be asking yourself, like, why didn't I surrender this sooner? Right? Surrender results in a stronger faith and a deeper trust in God. Number 10, identify areas of unbelief. Mark 9:24 is a picture of what happens when unbelief meets Jesus. Okay? The father in the story in Mark 9:24 brought a profound personal need before the Lord, and the encounter revealed his unbelief. It is best not to wait until you are in a crisis to discover your unbelief, because unbelief hinders your faith. It costs everything. So ask God to examine your heart and write down what he reveals. Fight against your unbelief with the help of the Word of God, And as you move from unbelief to belief, your faith and trust in God will flourish. So if you can imagine, there's almost a barometer of belief or of faith, right? There's like total lack of faith to like itty bitty faith to mustard seed to medium range faith to like strong faith to like extreme faith, radical faith, right? So you can move up this spectrum as you grow with God. Number 11, trust God with your pain. This isn't one that we think about initially, but when difficult times come, it's easy to question the goodness of God and to isolate and to go inward. And I very much believe that anytime we go inward without God, it's very dangerous, okay? Because we're very good at creating a case for ourselves. Okay, at playing the victim, at blaming something. And especially if God is not with us when we're doing that self-reflection and analysis, we start making lies true very quickly. Okay? And your heart, really, if you're not believing in the goodness of God, and if you're questioning the goodness of God, your heart then starts equating God's goodness with your will. And this leads to dis- disappointment because you go back into works. Right? So resist the urge to think God does not care about you when things do not go as you desire. You must fix your mind and spirit on the promises of God and trust him no matter what happens. The purpose for suffering in your life is in God's hands. God didn't cause it, but he will work it for good and it is in his hands. He knows your deepest and most desperate needs and is ready to be in those with you, to sit with you, to process those with you. And he's prepared enough faith for you to be victorious. So ask him to fill your spirit with all that you need. Right? There's pain, but joy comes in the morning. Number 12, renounce empty substitutions of faith. Renounce, denounce, get rid of them. The Old Testament tells how some of God's children trusted everything but him. Yikes! Looks like the world we live in. The results were devastating, though, and painful. We're seeing that, too. Today's culture offers many idols for us to trust, but they're just empty substitutions for the living God. I'm sure you can come up with your own list of what these things are. Good things, too, like going to church, having a fulfilling job, having a family. All of these things can become idols as well. And God directly opposes idols of any kind. We often see this in relationship where people are idolizing each other and putting that person before God. That is not the flow. Okay. And often there's disruptions that start happening to get divine order back in place. So pray and ask God to reveal to you if you have based your faith on anything other than him, your works, other people, resources, money, Tear down any substitutes the Holy Spirit reveals and request God's help to have faith in him alone. And once God helps you remove the obstacles to your growth, you'll experience a greater measure of faith. Number 13, take your thoughts captive. Man, many of us struggle with doubt if we're honest. And God's word teaches us that we're not alone. John doubted Christ's identity and even Thomas did not believe it was Christ when he saw him literally in the flesh right in front of his face and God is always calling us out to deeper waters into the unknown areas all right and he does this to help us learn to trust him so how do you deal with a faith-crushing doubt you pray and confess it to God and ask for forgiveness Fight against your doubt with the Word of God. Look up Bible verses that will help you make every thought captive and obedient to Christ. Ask God to grant you the faith to overcome your doubt, and it will surprise you how much faith you will build and how much your trust will grow. Number 14, align your life under his will. So sin, right? This is not religion, but The reality is, right, your old self is dead. Your sinful nature is dead. However, we can keep it active out of our own will. And what sin does is it erodes our faith. So we're not here to call out anyone's sin. That's actually not our job. That's not the gospel. (laughs) But it is important to be aware, have that self-awareness, because sin does erode our faith. Okay, erodes our faith in God and causes us to feel like we've lost God's love. This might not always be on a conscious level, but deep down that is true. And when we do not feel loved or are ashamed, we avoid God's presence, just like Adam and Eve in the garden. And our feelings drive us away from faith in God and his word. So we can start prioritizing feelings, making feelings an idol if we're not careful, and we'll avoid being in the word and strengthening ourselves. So a great way to build your faith is to repent and confess your sin, turn from it. Start practicing probably the opposite. Acknowledge God's holiness and align your plans under his sovereignty. And that will open your life up to new and exciting ways to grow your faith. So you can ask God to show you if you have a sin that needs forgiving or that you need to repent from. And as you make his will, the desire of your heart is demonstrated by your action, right? You give glory to God and start your journey to a stronger faith. Fifteen, focus on the needs of others. Often we see people who seem to radiate strength and faith in God. And if we're honest, we probably do want that same thing. So how did they get that kind of spiritual status, maturity, leadership, right? They stepped out of the boat. (laughs) They tested the waters and they trusted that God would hold them up or teach them how to swim. So I am serving a, an organization and I have found that what they teach there is to just throw whoever works there into the water. It's the best way you're going to learn. It's the best way you're going to make mistakes, the best way. So why prolong that for years and when you can do it in just months, right? So just throw, throw you in all the things and see how you do, right? But that's kind of what God does with us too. Like We want to be ready for the next thing right? But that's not always how it works. And serving others is a perfect way to step out in faith and see how God works. The first thing to do is to find something you enjoy doing and serve in that area, or even an area that you just feel called to. So if you're listening to me for any period of time, I used to serve in a recovery ministry that was really near and dear to my heart. It was something that I was given grace to do. And I started to learn How to be a prayer warrior I had never prayed over anyone in my life and like the way Holy Spirit gave me the words and started flowing through me was like something I'd never experienced in my life and then to see people come back and share how that prayer you know did not return void how God had shown up it was so powerful so your church or or some sort of service is a great way that God can use your joy, He can use your service as a catalyst for growth, not only in your own life, but impacting the lives of other people. Number 16, make God your security. So what do you when you think about security and well-being, like what do you actually depend on for that? Is it a person? Is it your job? Is it your talent? Is it your intelligence? Is it your resume? Is it your status? Is it all your things? When you base your faith on things, people, time, whatever it is, your security crumbles because jobs and fortunes can be lost and people can pass away or leave us, right? There's always someone more intelligent and your status is only a social media post away from being destroyed. That's the reality, that's the world we live in. And it only takes one catastrophe to awaken us to the realization that we've been building our lives on sand and not on the rock. So make a list of the important things in your life, then pray and give them into the Lord's faithful hands. Ask God to bless you with the faith you need to trust him completely. Then you can stand firm no matter what bad things happen. Number 17, this one like radically changed my entire life. This one is practice contentment. The Apostle Paul One of my Bible mentors (laughs) talks about how he learned to be content, whether he was abased or abounding, whether he had much or little. And it's really hard if you think about it to be content if things do not go the way we want or when we're in the middle of a long trial, right? It's called long suffering. (laughs) That is a fruit of the spirit that we don't talk about. Long suffering. Why do we not talk about it? Because it's long and there's much suffering in it. But that is character development, okay? Discontentment, while natural, shows a lack of trust in God. So I had much long suffering because I had much distrust in God. Much. So we, as God's children, must fight against discontentment. And we should decide in advance to stand firm in our faith and to trust in the goodness of God no matter what. What so, whatever you're facing, focus on what God is accomplishing through your disappointment or suffering. And on the promises of God. So for example, when I was serving in that recovery ministry, God was using my own healing to allow me to really pour into and mentor other people at that time. So I was starting to see how he was taking my pain and my weakness in that season and maximizing my strength and maximizing the flow of grace in my life and maximizing my capacity. Like I felt completely weak, like even driving to these meetings that were often the commitment was actually so much right but I never felt like I was in the wrong place and I was given energy like as tired as I was and as much as I felt like I probably wouldn't be able to show up like when I was there God just worked and flowed through me so remember to keep your eyes fixed on God the author and perfecter of your faith and he will help you grow and really increase your trust even in your times of suffering. Number 18, utilize your shield of faith, the armor of God, right? A great enemy of our faith is spiritual warfare. Woo-wee, right? The Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians, but God's word is just as alive and active and relevant today, right? He he wrote, Apostle Paul wrote about the... the spiritual warfare in AD 60, right? So this is like before <laughs> we're, we're seeing how, how God's word was alive and active, right? Like he didn't have that context, but God's desire is for the children of God to doubt and lose faith. Okay, so the enemy of our faith attacks it because it's our shield that protects us from fiery darts that we read about in Ephesians 6. So before you find your faith wavering, read Ephesians 6 and make the armor of God a daily part of your life. One of the very first uh, devotionals that I read was the armor of God when I became a believer. And I was shocked shocked that I felt like I had been walking in this world just naked, really, like completely vulnerable, like I didn't have any armor, right? So to actually realize that the armor of God can be a part of your daily life, and you can build your faith, you can be strong in the Lord in the power of his might, not yours, right? You do nothing in your strength, but faith in God is what activates his power. So you can pray, and you can activate God's power in your life by confessing your need for it. (laughs) And God will show up and you can ask him to strengthen your faith so you can stand against anything the enemy is sending your way. So just like the Apostle Paul wrote, right? He wrote the book of Ephesians before we would ever need it. That gives you some insight into why it's so powerful. So even though he wrote it AD 60, God's word is just as alive, active, and relevant today. Number 19, remove prideful. Thinking, Anyone have a pride problem? Probably all of us. Pride causes significant damage to our faith by challenging our trust in God. And what pride teaches us is that we all have the answers, right? So we believe the lie and look to our own understanding more than God's truth. That's how we start trying to play God. Psalm 139 provides a template for testing our lives for any offensive ways. We can pray and ask God to reveal any areas of our life that are dominated by pride and ask for his forgiveness. List what he reveals in your journal, then find Bible verses to help you overcome these areas. And as you pray and make a conscious effort to eradicate pride from your life, you'll develop a deeper trust in God's promises. And a deeper trust is what leads to a closer relationship, greater intimacy, and a stronger faith in God's love for you. So something very early on in my relationship and something that I still do is I will look up often for the opposite of what I'm experiencing. So if I really had an unbelief problem, I would study scripture on faith. If I really had a uh, frustration, right, or anger problem, I would start studying on love because that was more self-hatred or anger and frustration itself, right? Right that needed to be transformed by god's love and in order to be a greater receiver of god's love i had to study to know what it was right so just some examples there number 20 build trust through prayer build trust through prayer prayer is a conversation with god yet we often neglect it when we pray we get a sense of the heartbeat of god So true. And when we do not have the words to pray, we can ask Holy Spirit to pray for us. So cool if you've ever experienced that. And God has provided all we need to grow through prayer. So we can start at any time and spend time in the presence of God. And it may, I can attest to this, it may seem awkward at first, but when you pray and feel his presence, your faith will become firmly established And those who make prayer a part of their daily life will continue to grow in faith and trust as they see God move. So something that God has done and he's inspired me to open it back up is I host a prayer call. Anybody is welcome. I do it every other Wednesday at 8 a.m. Central Standard Time. Anybody is welcome, and we just pray. We encourage one another. I often get prophetic words, and I just declare that encouragement over people, Uh, and it's a time to share testimonies and just feel refreshed to go back into the workday. So that is something that I have done through the pandemic. It's something that God has put on my heart to do at different times, but so much is built through prayer, and it's so important to have a community that's praying together. Number 21, be a witness of God's faithfulness. Truly, like on the prayer calls, talking about what God is doing. While this can be scary for most people, mainly because we don't think we have the answers, it is so powerful in in building up other people's faith. And when you pray and surrender yourself to be an instrument for telling others about God, His love, His goodness, What it does is it opens up doors of opportunity for you to witness. You'll find that God is faithful to give you words to speak, and the power of the Holy Spirit will touch the hearts of the people through you. Wild. You just really get out of the way. (laughs) And your measure of faith will increase as you walk under the influence of his love and power. 100%. 1,000%. 22. This would probably be up earlier on the list, but 22. Call on the Holy Spirit. We have all been in a situation where we know we need to step out in faith, but we shrink back. Yikes, right? How do we overcome those moments when fear rules over our faith? Well, God provided all we need through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus actually calls Holy Spirit our helper in John 14, 26. So the next time you find yourself in a situation where you want to, to shrink back, stop and pray. And what God does is he like shoots you forward like an arrow. So ask for the Holy Spirit's help when you need strength. And you'll find that he'll strengthen your faith to step out and do what God is calling you to do. And when you complete your assignment, your faith in him will soar as he uses you to keep doing great things. Number 23, be a good steward of faith. This is a responsibility that we have, not an option. (laughs) Well, you do have an option, but it is a responsibility. So we all long to have more faith. But whether we actually cultivate it, that's something totally different. And one of the best ways to grow your faith is to be obedient to what you already know you should do. (laughs) Right? Adulting at its finest. James one twenty two tells us to be doers of the word of God, not hearers only. And the first step toward a strong faith is to compile a list of what you already know you should be doing. Just brain dump all the things you already know you should be doing. For example, prayer and reading God's word should just be a part of your daily life. That's part of your lifestyle. It's just what you do, like drinking water, like working out, like eating, like sleeping. This is part of it. Right, And if they're not, for example, your next step would be to make time for those things. Okay, Usually we're getting overwhelmed because we're not keeping the main thing the main thing. So be faithful with what you have and you will grow with each step of obedience you take. So I like to say, and I've heard from many of my mentors, we, we advance or we move forward at the speed of our obedience. and I know this to be true. A lot of times we want to move ahead so, so fast, but God always takes us right back to the last thing he told us. So as much as we think we can just bypass it and skip it, we're still going to go right back to where he left us so that we can work through it. Number 24, and we just have one more after this, remove obstacles to peace. Holy Moses. We're getting a downpour right now too, if you can hear that in the background which is wild. We've had no rain for a minute. Remove obstacles to peace. The lack of peace is an obstacle to building faith and trust in God. There are many times we are not sure what to do and the lack of peace freezes our progress. Peace to me is our power. Other times we're not sure we know the will of God and the lack of peace keeps us from doing anything. Okay, I call this buffering. We just get caught up in getting distracted, basically. In Isaiah 26, 3, God promises to keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in Him. So here is the secret to your peace. Trust in God. (laughs) Pray for God's guidance and trust that the Spirit of God will not allow you to take one step outside of His will for your life. If you take him at his word and trust what he says is true, his perfect peace will dominate your mind, resulting in the growth that you desire, all right? So I started to realize when I was activate actively removing obstacles to my peace, I started to realize that I had so many, right? Like I had built a life of of chaos, of unrest, of, of drama, of constantly being invited to other people's drama parties, right? Like I just had no peace. And then when it came time to even have space for myself, I couldn't even make that space because I didn't know what to do with peace. I had no idea what to do with peace, right? And now I crave it, right? But I had no idea what to do with it. And I was afraid to sit and think about what I was thinking about. or I was afraid to sit and feel my feelings or I was afraid to just sit In general, because I didn't feel like I had time for that. (laughs) Or I didn't see the benefit of that at all, right? Like peace was not what I was operating from at all. So it felt so foreign that I didn't want it. I actually was rejecting it or sabotaging it. Okay, so now when I think about it, I can't think clearly without peace. I can't make good decisions without peace, right? And now I can really decide and discern What is God and what's not because of peace that I feel internally. Lastly, number 25. You thought that there was no ways to build your faith. I just gave you 25. Well, I'm about to give you the last one. Walk closely with God. Walk closely with God, right? You become, you've heard this quote, you become like the five people you surround yourself with. So it's really interesting when you think about like, who are the five closest people to you? (laughs) To me, I like that it can be God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. I for sure need those three close. (laughs) And then I get to decide who the other two are, right? But like, think about that. Who are the five people that are speaking into your life, that are, are guiding you, that are giving you direction, that are giving you counsel, that are sharing their opinions with you, right? Like, who are they? And think about who you're able to be intimate with. One, I would say if you can't, like I just described, if you can't create that peace, uh, and that space for you just to be with you and develop intimacy with you. Like intimacy is just intimacy, right? Create space to see you, to see what you're thinking, to see what you're feeling, to experience that, to unpack what's going on in your heart. When you start developing that and creating space for you, you can more readily create space to develop a relationship with God, which will change everything. Okay, so the more that you can create space to receive and the more you do actually receive and soak up God's presence, his word, all of that, you will be wired completely different and able to handle the world in a very different way. So in Colossians 2, 6 and 7, God instructed us to walk with Christ. Walking close to him will give you your faith, the roots it needs to flourish, So some practical ways for you to walk closely with God are to read about Him in the Word, to learn more about what He's done and said will naturally lead you to then worship Him, praise Him, and then follow His lead in all the areas of your life, including in service to other people. And as you walk with Him, you'll be strengthened in your faith. So these 25 steps, right? You didn't know that you could build your faith in in any way. And here's at least 25 ways. These steps are not, let me give you a disclaimer, they are not all inclusive. They are not in any sort of order, but they're certainly a good start if you have no idea where to start. And God has gone to great lengths to make it possible for us to have a close relationship with him. And faith and trust are crucial to that relationship. So if you've had hashtag trust issues, or if people have very much let you down, or if you've even let you down, whether that be in the form of addiction, self-hatred, self-sabotage, all of that, building a relationship with God is 100% the answer. So... Let this list, my hope, my encouragement to you would be to just let this list be a step towards you building up your faith. Because again, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But many of the people who did please him became heroes of the faith. And the significance is that it is possible. And you can pray and you can seek the faith that you need. And God can radically move through your faith. So my, my hope, my prayer is that God would increase your faith, that you would give him your unbelief, your doubt, your anxiety, the things that you keep you up at night, that you will lay that in his hands and that he would increase your faith that he would increase your strength and your boldness that come from deep surrender and trust in him and allowing him to move through you, in you, and around you, that you might build a track record with him and truly experience what it means to have the freedom of abundant life with God and also to do exploits with him. You definitely have to be bold and courageous to do this. If you absolutely want to take this further and make this practical, joining Courage Co. It's an online community That has different levels of access from free challenges to a monthly masterclass and also the God's Vibes Mastermind. All of these things will help you to build a courageous lifestyle so that you can live your most courageous and impactful story. There's master coaching with myself in there, there's coaching and courses and all sorts of events, prayer calls, and things that you're going to get at a price that you're not going to find anywhere else. Trust me. (laughs) And it's something that will allow you to constantly invest in your personal development with the time that you have. So this is really a space that is off social media that can meet you where you are no matter what season that you're in, so that you have no excuse to show up and invest in you and build your faith. So if you have yet to join that, Courage Co. is open. You can find it either at courageco.org or over at julianapage.com under the Work With Me tab. And if you've not subscribed to this podcast, this is your opportunity to do so. When you subscribe, I actually give you a free gift. So go ahead, subscribe, comment, like it, share it, show me some love, and then visit julianapage.com under the podcast page. Fill out the information there, and I'll be sure to send you a free gift. All right, everybody, until next time, stay blessed.